Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Final half hour of Tom and Bach. I'm Tom Stevens. That's Jake Bachhoven. And he's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Hi, Evan. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. How are you? Good. Uh, just thinking about this, JoJo Doman, we found out his career is now over. He just had surgery on a hand, his left hand. Uh, how are you going to remember JoJo? Well, you know, he was a guy, you know, as someone in the media, he was someone who was always willing to talk, who was always insightful. I know he had a... Uh, he had been majoring in broadcasting. I think that's what he's following through with. And, you know, he always lived up to that. I thought he was insightful about things that were going on with the team. Obviously, he, he had his own podcast this year. Um, I, you know, I, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago, but I remember the week after he had the strip sack of Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State in 2018, the way that he broke that down about how it all happened was the first time it really struck me like, wow, this guy not only has the ability, but you can tell the thought process was really there too and the intentionality. And so, you know, he was a guy obviously not recruited by the Scott Frost staff who I believe it was back in 2018 didn't get a black shirt uh, when maybe it felt like he, he could have or should have, but he kept with it, kept grinding. And for the last two years has been absolutely a, an indispensable part of what the black shirts have become and <clears throat> one of those guys who's been able to be a playmaker, both rushing the passer and dropping back into coverage. So somebody they're going to miss certainly the last two games and the type of leader that you hope uh, every team has as it works to find some success. Now I, I was a little bit surprised that some of these other guys aren't uh, uh, kind of doing what Jojo's doing. Obviously Jojo's got a, a more severe injury or, you know, something to worry about, but I, I was kind of surprised maybe the Cam Taylor Brits or Austin Allen, everybody's kind of sticking through and not looking ahead um, to their pro uh, chances here. Um, out of that group, who do you think? Who, I mean, kind of give us an idea of, of put your Mel Kiper Jr. hat on, basically. And who who do you think's got pretty draft eligible for or, or likely to get drafted off this team as far as this upcoming draft? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, like no, no one on this team is in position even to what Brendan Hymas was last year, in my opinion, in terms of somebody who's a slam dunk mid round draft pick kind of guy. So I think it makes a lot of sense if you're one of those guys on the fringe. Uh, that you would want to play out these last two games. I mean, you can – JoJo Delman made some money for himself against Ohio State, and I think there are players that can still make some money for themselves in the draft or, or improve their stock based on how they do against Wisconsin and Iowa here to close the year. I mean, those are going to be high-profile games against proven opponents. So, like, there's – you know, beyond the chance of, of, of injury, I suppose, like there's really not a lot of downside to, to beat – having that platform and going out there and showing what you can do. But, you know, I, I think Cam Taylor Britt would be the obvious, probably top candidate um, to maybe be that first Husker drafted. I know Scott Frost said before the year, it was his easy choice that he said uh, during that big red blitz that he would call Cam Taylor Britt their best player on the team. 
and he's shown up, right? I mean, the way he defended David Bell and uh, how he's just shown himself to be a versatile, kind of solid player in the secondary. He'd probably be my first choice. I think Austin Allen's earned himself a draft consideration, certainly. Um, you know, the, the way he's improved as a blocker, how he's shown what he can do in the passing game when they find him, um, you know, and, and just the, the intangible side for both of those guys, too. I mean, they're both solid individuals, good grades, um, you know, character sort of leaders on that team. And, I, you know, I think Damian Daniels would be another possibility. I mean, 300-pounders don't necessarily grow on trees. 325-pounders for a guy like Daniels, who this year has gone from sort of a guy that, that can be in there on a handful of plays before he needs some some breathers to a guy who can consistently gum up the middle of the field and take on a couple blockers and allow the linebackers behind him to make plays. So I think those would be the most obvious choices to me. And, you know, again, like if you're somebody else on the fringe, like this is the chance to do it. November football against good opponents. Uh, a lot of meaningful NFL games take place in cold weather. And we're going to see a lot of that these last couple of weeks too. So um, plenty still on the line on an individual level for Nebraska players, even if a bowl game and some of the bigger team goals are now out of reach. Evan Bland of the Omaha world Herald, our Friday guest every Friday, <laughs> Uh, one of the things that Scott Frost says he wants to do, and maybe through his conversations with Trev Alberts, it came out and he kind of realized it, is be more of a CEO and have a, in a more of a global view of Nebraska football. Uh, how will that look? I mean, how easy do you think that will be to pull off for a guy like Scott Frost who really wants to coach offense? Right. Yeah, he does. And that's, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And so... That's where he earned his reputation at uh, at Oregon, at UCF, and and at Nebraska. You know, calling plays and so backing off from that and being a CEO type uh, is it's going to be a big challenge. I mean, Frank Solich didn't give up play calling duties until '03. It's kind of a similar situation when he had to do it and they had to reorganize some things. Uh, you know, Bill Callahan I think kept it the whole way through. So it's it's hard to give that up if that's the thing that you've been good at doing. But to me, that's one of the big pieces of this idea that Scott Frost can come back for a fifth year because, as Trev Alberts said, it's the, the data does not support the move that Nebraska is making in terms of it leading to success down the road. Like they're just you don't see it very often uh, a, a coach getting that fifth year, and then when they do, rarely do you see it work out long term. But one of the reasons that Trev Alberts believes that it can work out long term is just what we're talking about. If, if Scott Frost can take a step back, turn over some of that offense to somebody else, and uh, in turn that would free him to, in theory, you know, um, be there for players more, to, to turn attention to recruiting, to turn attention to special teams, whatever it might be. That's, that's one of the big things that they're hanging their hat on is that Scott Frost as a CEO can be more successful than Scott Frost, the play caller at Nebraska. And so I think that's, that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it in terms of what uh, Trev Alberts is thinking too, is they, you know, he believes and, and Nebraska administrators believe that the first three years that Scott Frost has had here uh, prior to this year, aren't really indicative of what he can become um, partly because of the COVID year, partly because of um, sort of instability at the top of, of Nebraska athletics administration. And so they believe um, with a little bit more, you know, he's having these weekly meetings with, with Trev now with a little bit more guidance and, um, 
you know, a, a little bit taken off of his plate in terms of sort of the granular um, tasks of football that things can turn around. And so that's, that's what they're banking it on. We'll see if it's going to work, but it's certainly uh, a different look than what we've seen these last three and a half years. Well, it's interesting. The offensive coordinator decision will be at the top. Everybody's going to be looking at that one. Uh, but also, I mean, I, I think if you if you can maybe just fix one positional group that could help this offense and boost them right away would be that offensive line. Um, can you can you have a, a home run offensive line hire? Uh, I mean, sure. Yeah, if you can if you can have somebody who's a good recruiter and somebody who can develop your guys. I mean, that's that's where it starts. And I, you know, there's been a lot of dialogue this year about how these RPO offenses don't make it easy on, on linemen, because if you're lining up, you don't know what the quarterback's going to do, how they're going to read the defense and whether they hand it off or, or without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pass it. And so if you're a lineman, you don't know after the snap necessarily if you're run-blocking or if you're pass-blocking. And so... You know, say what you will about some of the other offenses in the Big Ten, but at Wisconsin, at Iowa, those guys know before the snap what they're doing. They know what kind of blocking that's going to be required of them. And so I think that's part of this discussion is what, how does this offense evolve? Does, does it stick with sort of this spread RPO style that Scott Frost is comfortable with, or do they – change that up a little bit more to uh, lessen the burden on the offensive line. Because again, this, this offense, um, it, it, part of what it's, uh, I guess, attractions were at UCF was that they didn't need elite offensive linemen. But the downside to that, again, is you don't know how you're blocking for one. And then two, when you go as fast as Nebraska wants to go or has wanted to go, that doesn't do your, your big uglies any favors either in the trenches in terms of, you know, playing up to their potential and, and really locking down uh, Big Ten defensive lines. So I think it really starts with the offensive coordinator, what kind of tone that person will set, and then it kind of can bleed down to the O-line. But I, I just don't think the way the offense has been set up here in Nebraska has done the line really any favors during Scott Frost's tenure. Uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World-Herald, our weekly conversation. We know the 2022 recruiting class is going to be small. Uh, it just is. And it makes me wonder – uh, you know, in a big year and transfer portal going to be important. How aggressive is Nebraska being in recruiting? Are they just backing off and just kind of looking at this? As, well, we'll take JUCOs and, and transfer portal guys. Well, I mean, I, I think just what we're talking about with the pressure that's going to be on 2022, this is no longer a situation where you can take a bunch of high schoolers and say, hey, we're going to develop these guys. And in three years, they're going to be pretty good. So I think that, that urgency will be reflected on the recruiting trail, whether that's with junior college players or the transfer portal or what have you. Um, but it's such a tough spot because at, as of this moment, if you're Nebraska, you still don't even really know what you're planning for. You know, you're going to have a small uh, class in terms of the, the senior eligible players that are departing, which is why they're going to have, you know, right around a dozen to 15 high school players coming in. But then beyond that, you've got, 
about 23 junior eligible guys, some of whom we've just discussed, that are going to have decisions to make. What's Austin Allen going to do? What's Adrian Martinez going to do? What's uh, you know Cam Taylor Britt going to do? And, and so on and so on. And so you have to have an idea of what those players plans are before you can go on and and try to replace them and replenish your room and so that's why that's why uh, you know nebraska decided to fire its four assistants now so they can get those guys in place and by the time black friday's over with and and nebraska's done playing iowa you know hopefully for their sake they have some guys um ready to ready to roll because it's going to be a, a really hectic and frenzied december based on who's leaving based on who's coming. And honestly, a lot of the recruiting that Nebraska is probably going to do in December is going to be with its own players, both the junior eligible guys in terms of whether they decide to go pro or not, but also some of the younger guys who maybe, uh, especially on the offensive side, were recruited by assistants who are no longer here. So there's going to be a lot of internal recruiting, a lot of uh, external recruiting, again, with the portal and, and junior college factored in. But it's it's a huge question mark, and it's going to be in flux probably for most of December. So it's, it's, it's such an interesting situation where you want to project what Nebraska could do in 2022 uh, in this make or break year for Scott Frost. But right now, you know, the, the roster question marks are, are so up in the air that it's really hard to project what this team will even look like in a few months. And of course, the biggest one of that being Adrian Martinez, uh, with flushing out all the the, the offensive assistance and and, and stru- maybe trying to start a new. Do you think that that likely means um, that maybe they're going to try to get a new quarterback in as well, and and, and not continue the Adrian Martinez experiment, uh, uh, or do you or do you think that maybe if, if he plays well these last couple of games, who knows? Well, I still believe that Nebraska would take him back if he wants to come back. I don't see that changing. I mean, Scott Frost has been pretty clear about that on a number of occasions, that uh, Nebraska's a better team if he's here. They would prefer that he's here. Uh, Obviously, with all the changes on offense, uh, especially his quarterback coach who recruited him, that was the first call that Mario Verduzco made in December of 2017 was Adrian Martinez, and those two have been joined at the hip ever since. And so you factor that in, you factor in, uh, just the injuries that he's gone through over the years. He's He's got a broken jaw right now. He had the high ankle sprain. Uh, you look at just sort of, you know, the, the burden that can come with being a four-year starter at a program like Nebraska when the winning hasn't come and the scrutiny that comes with that. And so, you know, do you, if you're Martinez, do you say, okay, I mean, that's, it's, it's, we gave it a go. I put out there what I can and, and you move on. Maybe you transfer, maybe you go pro or, is maybe the NIL money a factor and he comes back for another year and says, all right, I'm going to leave the program better than what I, where I found it. And and we're going to get to a bowl game this year. Uh, We we don't know. And, you know, Adrian spoke a couple weeks ago to the fact that he wouldn't make any of these decisions until after the year. So, you know, maybe these last couple of games will factor in a little bit, but I think there's just a lot of the bigger picture stuff that he's going to have to think about once the, kind of the frenzied activity of in-season planning is over with, and uh, he'll have to decide what's best for his future after that. Yeah, it's going to be a big question in the offseason, to say the least. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Nebraska picks up a baseball commit. Ryan Sleeper uh, went went to North Carolina and then to JUCO. That's not a bad pickup, right? No, not a bad one at all. I mean, that's, uh, you know, he was a guy who was, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a top 350 High school recruit in 2019, committed to North Carolina, was committed to Dallas Baptist yeah. at a different time, and was a guy who, uh, he, he kind of reminds me of Jake Buns a little bit. I mean, he's a power lefty yeah. 
who uh, was was injured, went the junior college route, and then Nebraska sort of plucked him out of obscurity a little bit. And so that's uh, a similar situation with Sleeper. He's originally from Minnesota. Um, Buns was from mm-hmm. Nebraska. But I think the interesting thing about Sleeper, and he'll be here for the 2023 Nebraska baseball okay. season, is uh, the coaches, they told him, look, we don't want to define a role for you. We like you. Uh, because you can start, because you can close, because you can come in in long yeah. relief. Uh, they like uh, kind of his four-pitch mix. He's He's got some good velocity to his fastball, and his changeup is sort of his yeah. his wipeout pitch. But, you know, it's he's one of those guys, like when you look at recruiting class rankings that you see kind of floating around, they, they usually don't include junior college guys. And, and I think that's this is sort of another reminder that Nebraska is going to not only recruit quality high school players as we've seen them do but also they're going to keep pounding the junior college ranks for difference makers yeah. I and mean, kate povich was one of those guys jake buns like i mentioned was one of those guys cody frank luke sartori those are going to be contributors this year these are guys that nebraska was on top of and so for them to go out and get a, a guy um you know with the with the sort of touted background that ryan sleeper has i think it's just another example that the staff is, is really scouring sort of the landscape to find difference makers, and they believe they found one in Sleeper. Yeah, it'll be interesting when the preseason rankings come out. You'd think Nebraska would be a favorite <clears> having <throat> won the Big Ten championship, but we'll see. But it'll be fun. Baseball will be here before you know it. Great stuff, Evan. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Let's get to break and finish out with pregame. It's coming up next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.